Welcome to the undisputed best and longest-running podcast in American banking history. Year 13 starts right now. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dyes, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? That's right. Welcome to year 13. Let that sink in for a minute. Just a quick history on the show. Back in the late 2000s, I, I was working as a professional speaker, speaking at banking conferences all over the country and different types of corporate events. But I would have phone calls with two individuals, and I would always come away with the, from those calls thinking, I wish I could record those calls and share them with everybody. One was Jay Cassing, who was with Marquis at the time, and the other one was Troy Hall from South Carolina Federal Credit Union, now Dr. Troy Hall, Ph.D., and then in the late 2000s, during my speaking career, I added live musicians to my keynote experience. You see it all the time now at conference events. I was the first one to do it in banking. We put on a stone-cold live musical and spoken performance. People could not keep up with it. I've seen speakers you know cry and whine to conference organizers because they had to follow us, names that you would recognize. By the way, uh, nobody could do what we were doing, but the guitarist, the singer-songwriter named Scott McKenna called me one day and said, have you heard of Blog Talk Radio? And I told him I had not. He said, well, they say you can have your own internet radio show on the air in less than 30 minutes. I looked down at my watch. It was 11.30 Central Standard Time, and I said, let's go live at noon. That was March 10th, 2010, and here we are 13 years later. We called it Internet Radio at the time, but it was basically a podcast, and we did a live show. I had a lot of co-hosts over the years. We did a live show uh, for many years, the majority of the show, and then in 20. 15, while I was doing another podcast, I was given the opportunity to interview the chief executive officer of Chick-fil-A Incorporated, one Dan Cathy Jr., and I was so worried about the live broadcast, I decided to pre-record it and then put it in a studio feed and create my own MP3 file. Again, it was a podcast before anybody else was calling it that, and that's how I accidentally stumbled upon the podcast pre-recorded Format. And so here we are in year 13. Happy New Year to everybody. I hope your holidays were great. We're looking forward to another great year of great content and great guests. Today is no exception. We've got Jim Cash from Canada going to come on and talk to us about the great stuff that he's doing out there in the banking marketplace. We finished up the year with a great guest, Savannah Givens. And next week, wow, I spoke to this gentleman on the phone for about 10 minutes the other day, Lee Milam, the president of Whitesville. State Bank out in West Virginia, and I had the same reaction. I said, I wish I could have taped our phone call because it was so good. I'm going to have a great time talking to him next week. So we're off to the new year with a, a great set of guests, and I'm looking forward to another year of broadcasting. 
and I just can't stop thinking about it. 13 years, it does seem like a long time because it is, and it's a body of work that simply cannot be ignored. Over 400 banking and credit union chief executive officers, over 800 episodes, and we're going to get to our next guest. We're going out to Orlando, Florida to visit with Jim, and we're going to do it all right after this. For 13 years, conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner, the lost baggage, and without the expense report. This is the one and only Power Performance Podcast. His name is Jim Cash. He runs this show out at Canada. Hey, Jim. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. It is great to be with you. I'm honored to be the... Uh, well, it is great to have you here. Kicking off the 13th year of our broadcast history, our unrivaled broadcast history in the world of banking podcasts. But let's go back to 2022 for a bit. Since we follow one another on LinkedIn, I noticed that you rounded out 2022 doing a number of strategic planning sessions in apparently every time zone. Tell us what was on the (laughs) minds of the banking professionals that you met with. Were they excited about 2023, optimistic, cautiously optimistic? What was your take on the people you met with? You know, Jason, I think I would best describe it as uh, cautiously optimistic. Um, I think that a lot of credit union executives are getting uh, kind of mixed signals um, and conflicting forecasts for 23. And it's, it's no wonder. I mean, there's a lot of, as you know, there's a lot of people running credit unions today that have never really run a credit union in this kind of economic environment. And when we've seen interest rates increase so rapidly in such a, such a short order of time, um, you know, it, it, they don't really know exactly what to expect. You've got some people forecasting continued strong loan growth. You've got other groups like Fitch saying, Uh, I don't expect or we don't expect strong consumer loan growth. Um, So they're not really sure, I think, what to expect uh, when it comes to to 23. Lots of questions on the economy. Uh, Cecil, obviously, is about ready to rear its head. Um, And so there's a a lot of unknowns, and and I think it's a lot of untested water for, for many different credit union executives, even those executives who've who've lived through recessions or were a CEO maybe through the Great Recession or, you know, uh, Lord help us, all the way back in the 80s. Um, they, it's been such a long time. I mean, we've lived in such a low-rate environment forever. And so, you know, how this is going to affect consumer behavior, I mean, the Fed seems to think that it's going to affect consumer behavior. I don't know why it wouldn't affect consumer behavior. Um, you know, a, a lot of credit unions had strong loan growth in 22. Uh, it, it took some of them, I think, a little bit by surprise uh, and to the point now where they had longer-term investments, and now they're feeling a liquidity pinch, um, and that's something that they hadn't felt in a long time. Right, man. So, you know, it's just, it's just weird. It's uneasy for, for a lot of them. Well, for the most part, change is a constant in any business, especially banking. However, there is one dynamic in banking that doesn't change, and I think it's the most 
important dynamic in banking, and that is the importance of locality. And Jim and the crew at Canaday has a product and a solution that addresses that very fact. Yeah, we uh, we created, it's called Buy Local, Spend Local. Um, it was actually inspired in a way by American Express. So American Express for years has promoted uh, Small Business Saturday and Shop Local Saturday. You know, out of the their benevolence, they uh, decide to help mom-and-pop organizations once or twice a year by encouraging folks to use their Amex there. And I always joked about it and thought, boy, the worst thing you could do to a small business owner is pay for your purchase with their American Express card because it's just so (laughs) expensive uh, to do that. So I always encouraged my clients. I said, hey, we really want to encourage our members to not only shop locally, uh, but to spend locally. And we encourage the credit union members to use their credit union debit or credit card so that money stays in the community. Right? We work here, we, we get paid here, we pay taxes here, we go to school, we go to church, uh, we shop here, we keep the money uh, inside the community. And it's really uh, starting to grow because it, it resonates with, with credit unions because what are credit unions if not small businesses and local businesses for the most part, right? And um, it's one of the kind of keys to success for credit unions as they move into a what's inevitably going to be a little bit of a, of a downturn in the economy, whether it's a complete recession or not. Um, one way to ensure success is, to your point, further embed yourself locally. You know, make yourself the go-to financial institution for the local community. And when the credit union is endorsing small businesses in town, encouraging their thousands of members to go there versus the, the big box national retailers, uh, it really just kind of tightens the, uh, the, the reins a bit on, on the community itself and pulls everybody together, uh, generates more business for, for the local businesses. It's a good entree for credit unions that want to get into the commercial space, and even if they don't want to, right? It just uh, generates more transaction volumes and, and great. And the biggest lift, I think, that we've seen, Jason, which kind of was a, we thought it would be an ancillary lift, but it's one of the primary ones is membership growth for the credit unions that are participating. Because if you, if you think about it, one of the primary components of our program is a five by five inch window claim that is uh, planted on the front door or the front window of the participating businesses in town. It doesn't cost anything for them to participate. And that's a co-branded logo with the buy local, spend local logo and the credit union logo. And so you can imagine, you know, getting a chance to hang your credit union logo up on two or three or 400 businesses in the county, right? And that just encourages people to say, oh yeah, you know what, this credit union really does support the community. Uh, and so it does encourage membership. Yep, I totally agree. Now, of course, this show, we work with both, I work with both banks and credit unions. I know you're pretty much with credit unions exclusively, but if you could get every community banking executive, be them small community banks or regional community banks, credit unions, in one room, what would you say they need to focus on the most in 2023 and beyond? I think the advice I would give, and I, I have given this to my clients, uh, is we got to move faster. We've got to respond more quickly to opportunity. We've got to just get stuff done. Credit, you've been in the credit union space a long time. I know you're in banking as well, Jason, but you know that credit union leaders and executives are typically very deliberate, right? We are extremely conservative. 
We measure four times and cut once. Uh, we don't want to be on the bleeding edge of anything. We want to make sure that it's tried and true and tested and everything. And just, you know, we've never met a delinquency ratio we like. Um, we're very conservative by nature. And if we continue along that path, we're going to have to be more agile. We're going to have to move more quickly um, to take advantage of opportunities. You know, or we risk being kind of the best run businesses that go bankrupt, right? Because that's ultimately is, is what's going to happen. Um, part of that is is that the migration to, to digital, and I can certainly appreciate what you're talking about in terms of, you know, proximity to the credit union and particularly the credit union branch. We do market research around the country, and it surprises people sometimes that that's still the primary driver that consumers state when they open an account somewhere is the proximity of a branch to their home. And whether they go there or not, it just it's whatever it is it's comforting it's 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 something that they enjoy having that brick and mortar there nearby so that's definitely true uh, at the same time having the ability to manage your finances remotely and to have truly digital tools i mean that's really really important to the consumer but sometimes what we forget is how important it is to the financial institution and that march from you know, analog services to digitized services to truly digital services is going to be a big lift. And uh, I mean, think about it this way. If you think about the Spend Local program, wouldn't you like to have immediate access to every boutique, shop, restaurant, bar, dry cleaner, pool service company where your members are actually patronizing, where they're swiping their debit card, where they're using their credit card, wouldn't you like real-time access to that and have the intelligence to be able to anticipate next moves, get in front of those members and say, hey, make special offers, right, to them? And that is all possible or more possible, I should say, in a digital world. It's, it's not a lake of data that the credit unions. I mean, they have data coming out their ears. They just can't access it, and they can't make good decisions. So coming back full circle to the beginning of my statement, I, I, they, we've got to move quicker. Uh, we have to be able to learn how to balance that digital approach, make it personal for the member, and make decisions faster. We're going to have to take some risk sometimes. The next question I asked produced a rather long, uncomfortable pause that I have edited out, and it's a question I think we should all consider. I asked Jim, like me, you're an entrepreneur, if somebody had a magic button and could turn off all social media could your business and could you survive? Yeah, you know, uh, we, we would. Um, most of our business uh, has been really word of mouth and uh, good old-fashioned networking, like in-person <laughs> networking uh, and community-based networking. You know, we've, we've taken it upon ourselves here at Canada to think about social media in a lot more kind of upfront approach in 23 uh, and so on. I just, um, in the past, we hadn't. So if it turned off right now, I would be uh, a little disappointed. Um, <laughs> I think the business would be okay for a while, but I think that there's no, there's no sense in trying to, to completely row against the current all the time, right? I mean, we, we need to uh, kind of accept and embrace um, what a good social media presence can mean for the business. So as of right now, my answer is, yeah, it'd be okay. Uh, it may not grow as much, um, and I hope that that doesn't happen. 
<laughs> oh, I don't think it will. I, I don't think it will. It's just something that <laughs> I, think it's I, I did anywhere, something. Really. Yeah, I, I did something after the during the Christmas break that I think a lot of people probably did. I just simply walked away from it, and I got to tell you, I didn't miss it one single bit. And every year I say the same thing. Are we going to spend another year on LinkedIn sharing affirmations and pictures of what we're having for dinner? And I can tell you just by scrolling through the LinkedIn feed today, it appears that we're going to be doing that again for 2023. So who knows? Who knows? Finally, I asked Jim, hey, when you're not working, what kind of things do you enjoy doing? I am a, a big reader. Um, I am a history buff, so I enjoy lots of different, uh, you know, periods of history and reading about it. Um, I do. I'm still an old-fashioned reader. I like to pick up a book and and uh, consume it that way. Um, that's probably my primary. I do. I dabble in other things. I, I play guitar. I I paint. Um, I write. Uh, so I have a creative. Uh, outlet as well for me. I'm not particularly great at any of them, <laughs> but I enjoy it. I'm not doing it for a living, so it's okay. I just kind of like my golf game. I enjoy golfing and uh, like to go hit the ball around. I like to use the entire course when I play. I don't like to just <laughs> go straight down the fairway. As they, That's <laughs> no fun. they design it. I want to get my money's worth. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just things like that. Uh, I, I would say on the creative end, uh, and reading is probably my, my go-to. I'm not playing a bad round of golf. I'm trying to get my exercise goal on my eye watch. So, yes, that is what I'm yeah. trying to accomplish out here <laughs> today. And since I'm sitting right next to, you know, 2022 will be the year I landed my two dream guitars, my Martin Acoustic and my Fender mm. uh, Electric, and I'm sitting at my uh, Acoustic Electric drum set. I know exactly how valuable that outlet can be a musical instrument. I always tell people, if you've ever had even a small interest in playing the guitar or the drums or any interest, the keyboards, the piano, start right now because nobody has ever regretted learning how to play a musical instrument. And there is a innumerable list of benefits, especially as you get a little older, to keeping your mind and hands and body active. The number one thing I love about all the musical instruments here in the studio, and the number one thing that people around the country love about these musical instruments, is that I can't be on social media posting anything when I'm playing them. So I cannot be harassing and calling people out on social media when I'm working on my playlist <laughs> as I do each and every day. Well, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. I want to wish you again a very happy and prosperous new year to you and the entire team at Canada and I hope we can get you back on this show in the near future. Thank you so much for joining us on the Power Performance Podcast. Jason, it was my pleasure. Happy New Year to you. All the best to you in 23 and going forward. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Very kind. Great job. Absolutely. so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And even though it sends the employees and executives of NAFQ, CUNA, and the Independent Bankers Association of America into their safe spaces when I say it, my name is Jason Dias, and until next we speak, I'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Held up so high on such a breakable thread. You were all that.
Performance Podcast is a production of Eloquent Online. Eloquent then, eloquent now, eloquent always.